Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I am one of your hosts, Sarah, and here with me, as usual, is uh, Jeff. Oh my god, is that disappointing or what? <laughs> did you just like, uh, did you have a brain fart or were you just like, I'm going to go real I easy did. I was like, I'm going to go just Jeff. <laughs> kind of like, like, you know, just like. Just Jeff. You know, yeah, actually, Sarah, I wrote a song. I wrote a oh. one song in my life yeah. and it was so good that I was like, I can never write another song. One and done. After this. One hit wonder. Just, yeah. And it was called Not Jeffrey. Um, and it was when I, when I was 15 years old, I told everybody that I'm not going by Jeffrey anymore and I'm just Jeff. Uh, and my friends and family had a really hard time making that transition. It became like a joke of like, oh, you're just Jeff. And then eventually when I was 20 years old, I, I wrote this song called Not Jeffrey. It was a really big hit with my little brother who is uh-huh. 11 years younger than me. And I performed it live at his bar mitzvah. I love everything about this story. <laughs> this checks all the boxes. Bar mitzvah mm-hmm. too. I mean, I love, I love this. It's a, and was, it's a were there any song. lines that sounded were like just Jeff? Yeah, the chorus was. It's not Jeffrey. It's just Jeff. It's not Jeffrey. It's just Jeff. Just over and over again. Guys, it was I don't want to say I'm psychic, but <laughs> you tapped some into people something, were right? like, "Wow, that was a disappointing." intro for somebody who said they were going to give him a whole thing but really no it gave you this amazing story of yeah the one and yeah. only song are you you can play an instrument no but i can like oh, okay. uh, but i was well, able to put like no garage band <laughs> beats together on my mac at the time and uh and i and i, I made a, a horrible like white rap over the beats and um i don't know mm. it was catchy and I'm not going to play it for anybody on this I podcast. I mean, you should make that a level on your Patreon. <laughs> $1,000. And sure. you get one-time listening rights to oh, God. Yeah. just Jeff. I don't know. I'll think it's about not it. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even, I don't like the name Jeff either. I wish I'd, I, I Really? What I, would you like your name to be? I like a J name, so I'd rather go by Jack. I wish my, oh, my name was like a you Jack. You kind of look like a Jack. You also could pull off a James. Okay, James is fine. Yeah, just Jeff. I just, <laughs> there's nothing. Jeff is just so blah. It's so blah. I'm just thinking of The Office where Mike goes, Jim, Jim, is that short for something? Jim, Jimothy, can I call you Jimothy? <laughs> he says yes. <laughs> this is just me and Jeff having a personal convo now and not and not a therapy-themed podcast at all. But no. I don't no. know. Do you like your name, Sarah? Um, it, it it's all right. It feels like it's my such a classic, though. Well, yeah, there were six Sarahs in my yeah. like fifth grade class, which is a lot of them, mm-hmm. and I feel like Sarah with an H always look like looks like the same kind of person. Like she's definitely a horse girl. She definitely <laughs> is in a book club. I check all the boxes for a Sarah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm currently wearing a pink jumpsuit. Sarah with an H wears yeah, a pink jumpsuit. I mean, she does. So yeah. I get that. But uh, my, I was at, I was really supposed to be Whitney Sarah, and the person I was named after was Whitney Houston. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's my name is Sarah Whitney. So. Why does Whitney Houston have such a special place in your parents' heart? My mom absolutely loves Whitney Houston and like played, sang Whitney Houston 
when uh, like to me when she was pregnant and so she well you know okay maybe. that's very sweet my name was supposed to be jennifer because the oh. doctor said i was going to be a girl oh turns out i wasn't well <laughs> so mm-hmm. they just they're just like i guess jeff then they didn't even think about jeff. it uh, have you noticed this families mm-hmm. that have a lot of kids mm-hmm. and like to do a repeating name like alliterative names for right. their kids mm-hmm. why is it always the j names everybody that i know who mm-hmm. had this is true like th- i want you guys listening to think about this right now and even if if you are like yeah three families i know are like that that's a that's for all mm-hmm. the letters of the alphabet i mean nobody <laughs> was going to choose x or q but for real like that is weird that they all choose J names. I'm just saying. People, I was thinking about this. Yeah, when the I was Js the love their names. Yeah. yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. I, I know some J alliteration families and also some M's out M's. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mary, Michelle, Mike, Matthew. There's six M's in that family. Yeah, there's lots of. That. Should we just talk about names for the whole <laughs> yeah, podcast? Right? Is this, is this good that radio? <laughs> You know what I was oh. thinking, Sarah, also, maybe, uh, Andrea, I want your ears to perk up here. I think that we should get a soundboard. Oh, plays, my like, gosh. I sounds. love a soundboard. Uh, I did lose my privileges on another podcast everything. with a soundboard. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I maybe overused it. But I'll control myself. I've changed. No, and I'm no. on medication now. The ADD <laughs> impulsiveness is, is a little bit. Mm-mm. It's a soundboard is supposed to be overused. That's the yeah. like purpose of a soundboard. So I just so started thinking... doing it myself. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Yes. So we're just going to do sounds for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. It's That's what, which one? What do you want? This or that? <laughs> and for all of you guys wondering, maybe you heard Andrea pop in on a previous episode when we couldn't think of Fall I mean, Guys and she that. like helped us out. It was the best. Um, but we didn't even introduce her. So Andrea is our wonderful producer who's like behind the scenes making sure that, I don't know, things go smoothly. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So so every now and then awesome she human. might pop in because she's sort of our audience as well. And yes. so she gets just as frustrated at all, as all of you do when we <laughs> can't remember a thing. Um, so yes. you're welcome. Well, I feel like I could spin what we were talking about before into what we were talk what we we're going to talk about today. We have a bunch of your questions on relationship compatibility to get to, and uh, how I can tie names into that is one time I dated a guy who had a sister named Sarah, and I don't know how he was able to do that. Ugh, I don't know. Could how you date somebody who had the same name as your sister? I would never date anyone. Never in a million never years, right? Close to it. That is disgusting. I couldn't. And my my dad either. I couldn't. Pick, I could never oh, date somebody who had the no. same. I'd be like, I'm going through all of the profiles. Like, nope, nope. Sorry, your name alone. Not mm-hmm. not gonna do it. Ugh. You want to hear a really disturbing question, and then we'll get to the podcast. Yeah. But I was I've been listening to that podcast called This Is Important. It's with the guys from Workaholics. Do you remember Workaholics? Yes, yes, that show. Yeah. They have they have amazing sounds on their soundboard. <laughs> um and they asked this question that I will not force you to answer okay and it's disturbing so i'm just gonna like let everybody like feel a little bit disturbed but they asked this question which is very on brand for them where they're like okay let's say sarah yes your boyfriend and father uh changed bodies yeah so (laughs) your boyfriend's 
personality is in your dad's body. Your dad's personality is in your boyfriend's body. You have to sleep with one of oh, them. Oh my god! It. Oh no, <laughs> no! I'm going to be celibate. I'm I'm be joining a yes. monastery. The answer is is nunnery. The convent. Yes, exactly. That's the answer. Good to luck, that. guys. Good like, luck. Do your thing. I'm yep. not going to be any part. The of The only this. answer to that. Wow. Yeah. So Good that's thing what like that. that. Nobody freak want a Freaky Friday. Oh, like God. that. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't answer. Man, Couldn't answer. I was just asked another really hard question on another podcast of what? if you and this was like a study that was done on friendship. There was a it was an article that was in I think it was in the New York Times. It was a study on friendship mm-hmm. and friendship in different countries and cultures. And if you're say you're driving the car with a friend, driving mm-hmm. the car with me. I'm driving. And I'm going 35 in a 25 mile zone and I hit someone and you're the lawyer. My lawyer says to you, like, you have to testify. Mm -hmm. And if it changes a whole bunch of stuff, if I'm the difference between me going 25 and 35, Mm -hmm. are you lying on the stand? Oh my God. Of course. Oh my God. You're so nice. Only 10% of Americans answered that they would lie on the stand. But in other countries where there's more of an, uh, uh, value on like human like person connection and less of a trust in the government there those are higher the rates are higher interesting it's like 30 percent of people in france like 60 percent of people in venezuela just a little aside yeah if i'm like a friend of yours or if you're in a relationship with me i'm blindly loyal to you i like this i like this okay you're gonna be Mm -hmm. the ride or die like exactly. That. Yeah. If somebody were got, to die. Hmm. One more question for you, Sarah. Yeah. So let's say you're in a relationship with Eli. This is yes. not what your relationship is, but we're going to just use you and Eli as an example. Gotcha. Would you rather be the person that is maybe like 30% in love with Eli and he's 100% in love with you? Or would you rather be 100% in love with him while he's only 30% in love with you for the rest I, of your life? I think I need... I. I, I it has to be me a hundred percent. So you're going to be a hundred percent in uh-huh. love with Eli, but he's only going to be 30% into you. Yeah. And isn't that going to like drive you crazy? Are you going to be like, feel Probably. Sad I don't that... spend my whole life just proving the acts of service, doing things to try to prove my love, <laughs> which I feel like I'm always like worried about anyway. Oh, and insecure, like okay. somebody's going to leave. It's like insecure sure. attach. Like that's like that anxious attachment style. So mm-hmm. I'm really just like playing into that. Might as well mm-hmm. just lean into it. Interesting, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather they be a hundred percent into me, and I'm thirty yeah. percent into them. Yeah. It's like I love to be adored, even if, if I'm, I'm just not, like meh. I'm like all or nothing. If I'm not into somebody a little bit, I'm like me. Eh. Yeah, I feel I'll like it's really myself. kind of like displays who you really are by answering that that question. Yeah. I like yeah. that we're different on that though. <laughs> yeah, we're maybe. incompatible in our answers. <laughs> exactly. Hey. Sarah, I've got yes. a question for you. Yes. Do you like cashews, gummy bears, olives? What about popcorn, saltwater, taffy, or trail mix? Yes. Sesame yes. sticks, dried fruit, chocolate-covered espresso beans? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely yes. Yes. If you love all these things and so much more, 
I encourage you to go to nuts.com. Like we've talked about before, the yes. cutest packaging I ever. I adore. And let me tell you what I recently <laughs> did. I organized our pantry and I put mm-hmm. everything in those like clear bins and I have all of the nuts.com ones like lined up. And mm-hmm. and then I, 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 I really didn't need to label it nuts because it's kind of obvious, but I like nuts and dried fruit and then like crackers mm. and they are so cute and so cute. delicious and amazing quality. Yes, they have roasted nuts, dried fruits, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers, and even more. They have everything. My favorite, though, is still the chocolate-covered gummy bears. I cannot stop eating those. And also the classic, just sort of like salted almonds. Such a good snack. Yes. Yeah, delicious Mm -hmm. and nutritious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. I, I go online all the time. I use our code, obviously, and I just like get all the nuts.com. They get delivered, and then I don't have to think about it. And then when I get to order more, it's like Christmas morning. I get to go on and pick all my favorites, and they get delivered to me super quick. So right now, nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash TCE. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com slash TCE. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That is nuts.com slash TCE. Mm, yeah. Okay. But let's, yeah. So I, I sent out a little story to all my followers on social media and I said, I phrased it in a way where I said, Hey, single people ask me all your single people questions and then they came back with questions that i did not think that they were gonna and these don't feel like single people questions they feel like yeah. people in relationship questions yeah, like every people question just every people question so i think yes. that like the followers just my followers all have relationship questions and there's nothing i can do about it but i thought it was going to be like ah, how can i boost my self-esteem how can i work on my anxiety or like how can i just feel good and solid and okay about being single and not have to like give in to the pressures of society or my mom or something um but instead that sounds asked, like a great episode yeah maybe like, we, can yeah, do that we should do that episode. sometime sure um but they asked a lot of relationship compatibility questions yes. to try to figure out like how to navigate a relationship that maybe feels a little incompatible Um, so let's kind of go through some of these questions, the questions that stick out to us and give them like save their relationship. Let's basically save all their relationships. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting that a lot of people asked or had questions about compatibility. It kind of tells me that, you know, either people are, are looking to accept the person that they're with, or people are getting the message that, somebody has to be like this perfect ideal fit, like your quote unquote soulmate or the one for it to work. So, okay. First question, how do I navigate dating when we have different hobbies and interests? I mean, yeah. So the thing is, is that like, yeah, what would you do with a camper, Jeff? (laughs) It's funny because, so I have a girlfriend now and she has, she loves camping. And she likes being outdoors. She's, you know, she's a Pacific Northwest girl who oh just like goodness. loves to get dirty, to spend time in dirty nature. Uh, so, uh, I guarantee she, you, when she talked about this, she did not say I love getting dirty, but Jeff <laughs> definitely heard it as that. That's how I heard it. Yeah, and that's she's what like, Ugh, dirt. Okay. Uh, she was asking me to go 
do something uh, like go to like a birthday party that I don't really feel like going to. And I was like, I don't know if I feel like doing that. And she's like, okay, well then if you don't do that, then you have to go camping with me. And I'm like, cool, I'll go to that birthday party with you. All of a sudden birthday parties sound real good. Yeah. So she uses it as a threat, which I don't recommend, (laughs) Uh, but we're playful and sweet about it. Um, I, you know, she also, she like forages for mushrooms oh and my God, she sounds adorable. She's very adorable. And I don't want to do any of those things. And so I told her like right up front, you know, it's my brand that I don't like camping. And she was like, you know what? I like to have individual things. Oh, I like that. And so the, she'll go foraging or camping or backpacking or play in waterfalls or whatever and then she'll come back to me and tell me all about it and i will actually be genuinely interested and i'll tell her about like how far i got on mario kart you know this is great that Mm -hmm. i think you you really hit the nail on the head there illustrated that having different hobbies and interests is not a bad thing no knowing what kind of interests and hobbies you want to do with a partner and what ones you are very satisfied doing alone is mm-hmm. really helpful. And mm-hmm. it's okay if you don't want to do the same thing, but you also have to feel like it's okay for them to do their own thing and for you to do your own thing. Sometimes it feels like we want to do our own thing, but we don't want the other person to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So rules have to apply. Same rules have to apply to both. They do. So, yeah. And and like you're saying, like, it's not important for my girlfriend that I go camping with her. But if it was really important for her to be with somebody that does all the camping stuff with her, then I'm going to tell her up front I'm not into it and that she should probably find somebody who's a better fit. Right. I mean, that was a big reason why I got divorced. I was like, we, Mm. I, I thought about the kind of life that I want when I'm older. And the kind of life, like how I want to spend my free time. Mm -hmm. And if I want to spend my free time with my partner doing these things, this is not the partner who's going to do these things. And I had ended, but you know, I I had an experience recently. Eli uh, loves mountain biking and Mm. he wants nothing more than to have a partner who will enjoy this with him. Mm Mm-hmm. I motherfucking hate mountain biking. Why do you hate mountain biking? The worst thing about it is that I'm not bad at it either. And that (laughs) he's like, but you're like doing really great and you're crushing it. Why do I hate it? And I said, he goes, you're really good at it. And I go, yeah, I'm really good at trying to not die. That's (laughs) it. Like I am going downhill with these. The the problem is the narrow path. It's like a foot wide. I'm going through these rocks and you have to go up what they call features, which is like an annoying way to say a big old pile of rocks that like, uh, ah, you know, it, it just is, uh, there's a hundred percent chance I'm going to fall every time I leave Mm -hmm. covered in bruises. I cry every time because I get so frustrated. And then my way of like working through frustration is tears anybody who's watched me on the challenge has seen me cry and mm-hmm. every single final i do and i just need to cry and talk to myself and just be like okay this is really hard but you could do it and then eli sees that is like oh no she's having a breakdown and i'm like i'm not having a breakdown don't talk to me just keep going it's a whole fucking thing and i had to tell him like i don't want to do this at the level you want me to do this at and 
if I just, uh, it wasn't, I, I was like really worried that it was going mm -hmm. to affect our relationship. That was like a lot of the fear. A lot of the fear was, oh no, if I don't like this thing or if I'm not wanting to do this thing with him, then he's going to want somebody else who does. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to him about that. Not in the best way. I was like, but if you want somebody who, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? Mountain bikes with you, then just get another girlfriend. And later he was like, you know, that was not the best way to communicate that night. Then I was like, okay, well, here's how I really felt. And what that really was is just like fear coming up of like, oh no, I left somebody because they couldn't or didn't want to camp. What if this guy leaves me for somebody mm -hmm. who wants to mountain bike, which is, and he reassured me and was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. What kind of partner would I be if I said, so I, but what we also talked about is in past relationships, he had partners who maybe didn't want him to go do that by himself. And were like, I either want you, I want you to be with me, but I don't want to do that thing that you want to do, but also you can't go do that thing that you want to do. And I told, I was like, please, please, please go on the boys mountain biking trip. He's going like with my own, with my brothers. I'm like, go with my, don't invite, I, go. I don't want to go. I'll be here. I'll cook dinner, whatever. I'll mm -hmm. really be just watching TV or playing Mario Kart like you. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So oh we, that Fuck we have that different hobbies with that. Maybe one day I'll get there. But I said, if you want me to do this, I need lessons and I'm not paying for those lessons. You're going to sign me. You're going to get me the lessons. You're going to do this. I'm not paying my hard earned cash for bruises and pain and yeah. to have a hurt hiney because hundred percent chance. Ugh, God, Anyways, that sounds that's miserable. My, yeah. I feel like your girlfriend would like mountain biking. She would probably like that. Yeah. Shit. Pacific Northwest people love that shit. Oh my God. Yeah. I've dated multiple mountain bikers and oh. they cannot get, get me even close to doing anything. Don't do like it, that. Jeff. You thought camping was bad. No, this is the worst. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So how do you deal with it? You accept the other person's hobbies. And if it is really a deal breaker, then, you know, talk about it early because mm -hmm. nobody's going to like become a camper all of a sudden and enjoy it in the same way. Yeah, no. I mean, you can, you know, I'll throw her a bone maybe and do like a, a hike. <laughs> yeah, compromise. See if you yeah, compromise. like I'll get outside. I like to be in the sun for a certain amount of time. So, you know, you also have to try to figure out where the compromise is, but then encourage them to continue doing their hobbies. Because you don't want to like have just like one overlapping life that's just like 100% enmeshed. That is right. actually pretty boring. Yeah, it is boring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the... the Things that you do outside of the relationship, you get, like you were saying, you come back and you talk about them, you get excited, you see the other person passionate and you don't have need to have matched passions. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay. So you know how Eli and I have this trip planned and yes. traveling is wonderful and fantastic and blah, blah, blah. But uh, traveling is also not so fantastic and wonderful sometimes because if you're anything like me, it comes with a whole bunch of stress. Mm -hmm. I do not know what happens to me from like the 48 hours before we leave and fly anywhere to the 15 minutes after we get on the airplane. <laughs> but that time can be so stressful and I need only the best stuff to help take the edge off. And thank mm -hmm. goodness I have Nextevo Naturals, my go-to CBD gummy 
for all the yes. good stuff. Yes, they are my go-to as well. I think, you know, we talk a lot about like mindfulness and being yes. thoughtful and being in your body and breathing. But sometimes when I just need like a, a little hack where yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I can't do any of that right now, <laughs> then I go ahead and I take my CBD natural because it just sort of like cuts through the crap. It makes me feel less anxious. And it also makes me like get a nice deep sleep so that I wake up like refreshed and ready to go. It's perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we think that you should be just like us. Definitely. Always. <laughs> 100%.com And leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. So you should go to nextevo.com slash changes to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at nextevo.com slash changes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. Let's see. Uh, let's do a tricky one here. How to deal with the fear of intimacy and opening up emotionally in a relationship. There's, there's, there's never, you're always going to be afraid. <laughs> always, right? always, yeah. always, always. It is a scary thing to do. You're putting yourself out there. You're doing something that comes with a risk in a way. And Mm -hmm. like they say, big risk, big reward. But Mm -hmm. um, I heard on some show, I want to say it was like Will Smith's show that he had on Discovery or Disney or whatever. And he said that his mom told him that right behind fear are all the most exciting and wonderful things in life. Mm -hmm. Just right Mm -hmm. behind it. So sometimes I imagine an actual physical wall. Cause it, it, and then I, I think about what could be behind there, especially in like a relationship, you know, I can remember a moment in mine where I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to have a hard conversation. I'm just going to pull the ripcord and walk away. But then I imagine what would be behind having that conversation or what would be behind the wall of, of that conversation. Oh my gosh. Connection, uh, vulnerability, trust, good communication, better understanding me. Oh my God, possibly getting my needs fulfilled. And I did the scary thing. And then I got behind that wall and got all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of like everything you want is right outside your comfort zone. You know, same sort of thing. And you're not, if you're not opening up emotionally and being really intimate with someone, you're not really having a close relationship probably. And you most likely want a really close relationship, especially with whoever you're dating or your partners. So it's, it, it, you also have to kind of like keep in mind what are the ways, like for me, if I'm, if I feel like I need to be emotionally vulnerable uh, and I'm feeling afraid of doing that, or I'm a little worried about that, then it's helpful for me to like notice how my like defenses are manifesting in my body or in my mind. Mm. Um, so I'll usually get like really silly and really jokey and add levity when I don't want to be really, really vulnerable. Like I can be like, I'm going to be really funny and I'm going to get you like, uh, all, you know, like uh, in a good mood and get you off on this like other path so that I don't have to continue. Um, I think when I was like younger in my earlier twenties, I was just sort of like, 
I was like sarcastic and mean. Like I would just sort of like, um, you know, I grew up in like the eighties and nineties. And so I was got this message that like being vulnerable and being emotional is weak and unattractive and girls aren't going to like it. My guy friends are going to make fun of me. So I'm going to go ahead and try to be really tough, which means like making fun of everybody. It's not a good look. It was not a good era for that. I do like the younger generation is like, Hey man, that's, toxic masculinity what are you mm. doing like it's yes. really great it's, it's yes. very hopeful but you know i think of uh in even just reading this question and thinking about how do i deal with the fear of intimacy and opening up emotionally you know i would i would want to ask the question where did you get the idea that opening up emotionally and being in a relationship wasn't something that's scary mm wasn't fearful, like something that mm-hmm. anybody would be afraid of. And if you can like accept the emotion that you have and not fight it, then it, it doesn't grow and it doesn't turn into this uncontrollable thing. It's just like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. You're doing something scary. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. There's like, if you're going to talk about insecurities, you're going to feel nervous and scared about it. But you're giving somebody a gift, right? Mm-hmm. When you're like opening up and being emotional or intimate or talking about insecurities, you're giving them the opportunity to actually connect with you in a real way. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like, okay, maybe there's, I'm not that bad, or maybe I shouldn't feel shame or guilt, or maybe I can feel incredibly understood, or maybe my partner or friend actually understands what I'm going through and they've gone through the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you open up to Eli about something like emotional more vulnerable. How do you want him to react? Oh man. Well, we've had, we have had conversations about validating and listening versus Mm. solving the problem. Problem Yeah. And that is a very common thing in couples where, you know, you care about the other person, you want to find a solution, but sometimes people just want to talk about problems. So we've talked about how, I will, like, he has to trust that I will ask him for what I need. And I am getting better at telling him, like, what I need in the moment. Like, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm going to have to trust that he's not going to just solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And, but he's good at validating. He's good at at kind of, or I should say, like, reflecting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Being like, man, it sounds like you're really upset about it. And and he's also very good at diffusing. Like he's good at recognizing when I'm dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And we've come up with some language for that. Like I've also had to recognize that I'm dysregulated and be like, yep, you are correct. And, and I am like this and I'm being very active. And usually I can understand why. Um, but yeah, he, we, we, he'll be like, uh, what does he say? I think he says you're really activated right now. Mm, interesting. My, yeah. So my girlfriend, Alex would say some, sometimes says like, if I'm like feeling like a little like testy or pushy, or if I'm just sort of like getting like, you know, frustrated easily, she'll say, and I don't like this. So listen up, Alex. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've talked this about podcast it. is great for sending messages to your partner, by the yeah. way. It's how I got, I love you, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. She'll be like, hmm, 
do you need something to eat? Oh, and it yeah. feels really invalidating. She's that right. Like, right. I do need yes. something to eat. Yes. But then she's just sort of like, it feels like she's brushing off what I'm actually saying and being like, the only reason you're being like upset right now is because you're low blood sugar or something. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Which might be the case, but I still want to feel validated right. in my emotional experience. Is there a phrase that you think could help kind of um, bring you down a bit or like, like. You know, I think that it's, yeah. So validating being like, oh yeah, your dad is the worst. I can't stand it. I'm also, I'm really hungry. <laughs> like if she says that she's hungry okay. while she's telling me Got how it. annoying my dad is. So then, then you can be like, oh, yeah. you know what? I'm hungry too. Yeah. I'm hungry too. Yeah. Well, let's feed you. I'll have some food as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I hope she's listening. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> but yeah, you have to come up with a language. Mm-hmm. And a a big part of that is I think when you're in those moments of because I also get real testy when I'm hangry and mm-hmm. uh, if you tell me in that moment any of this I will bite your head off because yeah. I'm hangry but mm-hmm. afterwards I can I'll be like yep you're hundred percent right like that Snickers commercial was very helpful because <laughs> I could be like you're right I'm being like that Snickers commercial so you know. We just have to yeah. take accountability and that helps. Right. Yeah. And it's like you're saying, it's hard to take accountability in the moment when you're feeling so hijacked and taking accountability, it you have to access a part of your brain that you don't have access to mm-hmm. when yeah. you're hijacked by emotion. Like the, it's the amygdala that's taking over your entire brain when you're feeling really upset and you're asking somebody to get in touch with their frontal lobe or their cortex, which is the wise mind that can, you know, see all the different perspectives and have compassion. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of impossible to do that in the moment, but you can start to lead somebody there by validating them by, if you are, if you act as their surrogate wise mind, which is kind of what happens a lot in therapy, you talk to a therapist, you're upset and the therapist is very grounded, then that makes you feel more grounded and you can access your own thing. It's co-regulation. Yeah. And with that comes the, the big key to that is trusting that your partners or even therapist has like the same goals as you Mm. that, you know, I, I would remind myself that you know, when Eli would say like, do you need a snack right now? Or like, you know, your girlfriend would, that his goal isn't to make me feel shitty about how I didn't have a snack and can't take care of myself and fail as a human and just shouldn't even be like, it's not like that. And Mm -hmm. if I tell myself that, that he wants this to be good, he wants us to have fun on this hike and me to not be uh, uh, and I get really crazy about stupid things like thinking that a mountain lion is going to attack us. I'm like, so why are we going off of this trail and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you need a snack. And I'm like, Magically, I don't care about mountain lions when I'm not hungry. So yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. I think I, I got distracted by my mountain lion thought. And then I was like, I don't even know if I finished that <laughs> sentence that about, you know. You did great, Sarah. Okay. All right. Well, before we dive into the next question, let me tell you what my answer to everyone's question of like, oh, Sarah, what are you doing that's making your skin look so glowy? And like, why do you have so much energy recently? Believe it or not, 
more than usual? Uh, and my answer is simple. It's AG1. It is my go-to nutrition supplement that I am taking, I'm not kidding, every single morning. I've converted everyone in my house. I think maybe Eli converted me, though. <laughs> Yeah, let's be real. Yeah. Eli, Eli is a health nut. He cares about nutrition. And he's really good at having a daily routine. Like, mm -hmm. I'm super into it, but I would be the kind of person who'd do it like three days a week. I'd be having my AG1 and maybe like not getting the full impact of the daily benefits of it. But now, mm -hmm. thanks to AG1 and thanks to Eli, I'm getting all those like vitamins and nutrients and all the stuff that I need. I was thinking about this as I'm giving nutrients to my plants. I'm like making a special concoction for them <laughs> and, and care for like so delicate and like make sure that nobody misses anything. And then for myself, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll drink water today. That <laughs> is old Sarah. New Sarah. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, new Sarah is bright and beautiful. You are glowing. Thank it is blinding me, Sarah. Yeah. He, it, you know what? You guys might be like, he sounds like he's kidding, but he is not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. telling you. Skin is radiant. Yeah, Sarah's skin is radiant. And if you want to take ownership of your health, just like Sarah and her boyfriend, Eli, mm -hmm. America's boyfriend, yes. you should try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash TCE. That's drinkag1.com slash TCE. Yes. Check it out. Do you... Uh, you watched the challenge, right? Oh, of course I do. Love do you remember Mark Long from the challenge? Yes, I do. I did an event with him and he asked me what my secret is. And I told him and he wrote, he's like, what is this? And I'm like, I can't believe I'm introducing you to this. <laughs> Write it down. Here's my code. There you go. <laughs> okay. Next question. How about how do you communicate effectively about boundaries and personal space in a relationship? Do you have do you have a history of having a hard time setting boundaries in relationships, Sarah? Have you always been yeah. good at it? No. No. no, I'm kind of the put. Uh, I'm a I self abandon, mm. and then end up resenting the other person, which is really just me being upset with myself that I didn't say mm -hmm. no. I don't like that. No, I don't want to do that. No, that's not okay. So that, yeah, that is something that I've definitely had to learn. What about you? Mm, yeah. I mean, I think earlier as well, I would sort of self-abandon. I would, I would. So when we say that, it's kind of like, um, you know, somebody wants to do something or have a, um, yes. an experience or whatever. And we're just like, well, we're going to like, please their needs. We're going like to meet mountain biking. Yeah. <laughs> mountain biking so you don't want to abandon them that's what it feels like you're not going to abandon them you'd rather abandon yourself yes basically yeah. yes like mm -hmm. you know eli does a lot of stuff with his family i love hanging out with his family so much but i also am somebody who needs uh, uh a little bit of like me time to just kind of like fill the tank uh, so yeah. that i can go do that so It'll happen where we'll hang out with his family and then we'll go do something like with his friends and then we'll go do mountain biking that he wants to do. And then the next weekend I'm like angry because we're not doing anything I want to do. When really he asked me in every single one of those situations, what would you like to do this weekend? And I said, I don't care whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So that's terrible boundary setting that then later gets me like feeling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't, I do not recommend. I like to think of boundaries, like how somebody has to understand them. Or when, when you say, how do you communicate boundaries effectively? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think that people understand where, uh, what our boundaries are and where our limits are, but they need to understand it in the same way that if I said, Hey Jeff, what are the boundaries when driving on the freeway? Mm -hmm. You would be able to be like, Oh, you got to put a signal on that. You, this is your fast lane. This is the speed limit that, and I would be able to say, what are the consequences? And you know that you'd get a ticket and it'd be like this and what the consequences are for. And it's that easy to understand if the person that you are trying to set the boundaries with can't recite your boundaries like that and go, oh, well, your boundaries are, yeah, I'll hang out with your family for two weekends, but then you're going to need some time, you know, during the, this, these days to be by yourself or do a thing or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is, then it, it, the boundary isn't set. The boundary is not communicated and they don't understand if they can't mm -hmm. reiterate it like that. Yeah, exactly. And knowing the boundaries, like if we're driving in the car and you tell me about all the boundaries and the consequences, now I feel safe because I know exactly what to do. And if you tell me what you want in a relationship, then I understand like what your blueprint is and how to make sure that I don't cross any of those boundaries and accidentally hurt you. Uh, same thing if you're in bed, if you're like sleeping or having sex with somebody. You want to know their likes and their dislikes mm -hmm. so they can kind of like draw you this little map so that you can stay within those boundaries and please them. Um, and sometimes we don't even know what our boundaries are until all of a sudden they're crossed. So you want to be able to express your boundaries in the moment if it feels like something has gone too far or you're feeling overwhelmed with something. Yeah. So you communicate effectively by being incredibly direct and straightforward and yes. in the moment whenever you feel like you need to speak up. Do you find it with, you know, when, when working as a therapist that, you know, people will often say like, you know, I really want to tell my partner da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be like, that was great. Mm -hmm. Tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> a plus. Don't tell I me. Know. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah. Because everybody, you, like you have the language. I mean, I would even like challenge yourself if there is something, like, get out a pen and paper. Okay. What is it that you want your partner to know and understand? Mm -hmm. Write that down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tell them that. Exactly. I think uh, one of the things that like gets in the way sometimes is like you want to be the chill girlfriend or boyfriend. You want to be like the really chill partner that's just sort of like down for anything and doesn't have any needs or desires or wants or limits or something. Like it's just... And it's like, who am I dating? You know, like who yeah. am I in relationship with? Here? I kind of think of that as like that, a really dangerous curve on like some highway that everybody knows like, oh, you, they race around this corner and they don't mm -hmm. even care what the speed limit is. And they mm -hmm. just throw caution to the wind. And everybody knows that that's like the corner where that has all the accidents and like bad stuff happens on. So like, yeah, mm -mm. yeah, no, don't be chill. Don't be no boundaries. No boundaries equals accidents. Yes, exactly. And also a boundary. So you're not supposed to make a boundary in order to hurt someone. Right. Yes. I feel like sometimes, a lot of times, you know, give your me partner, an example of how somebody could 
Yeah. So a boundary to hurt somebody might be, let's say I'm telling you, Sarah, um, is like, uh, you know, we've hung out five days in a row and, uh, I've loved all the days that we spend because we have so much fun, but the next two days I just need to spend on my own recharging and hanging out with my friend. That's just sort of a good, straightforward boundary that I'm giving you. And then Sarah, if you react with like, Oh, really cool. Yeah. I need to spend actually the next 10 days alone. So just letting you know. Oh, So yeah. it's like, you're only saying that to Got hurt it. me. That's not a real boundary. No, that is not. Yeah. Right. That is very good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How? Uh, which is, it feels like we want to react that way sometimes. You made a boundary. I'm going to make a bigger boundary, right? Because uh-huh. because you're actually feeling hurt or disconnected or sad. But if if you were to respond to me with like, "Oh, I'm going to miss you. Um, I don't want to be away from you that long," or "What am I going to do?" I might be like, "Well, I'm. It's." I need to spend yeah. the next couple of days on my own because that makes me into an even better partner for you. But I am excited to text you and send you all the emojis and let you know what I'm doing and say good morning and good night and mm-hmm. send you sexy pictures. So we're going to still be connected, but yes. I'm doing my own thing, right? It's, it, it's similar. Like it creates that fear response in the partner mm-hmm. where the partner goes, oh no, he wants to spend time alone. That must mean he doesn't love me anymore and mm-hmm. then needs to do something to try to, I don't know, have you prove your love. And right. when, yeah. yeah, if you can still keep in mind, what is your partner's intention with even setting that boundary? It's always for the betterment of the relationship. I mean, you wanting that time to just recharge the batteries is so you can be a better partner. That mm-hmm. person who's, uh, trying to like weaponize the boundaries does not have the intention of I'd like to be a better partner through this right. setting of this boundary. Yeah. So. And if I set that boundary with you, Sarah, and you're like, Oh no, I'm going to miss you. And I'm going to feel anxious about it. I can try to problem solve with like, here's some things that I feel comfortable to mm-hmm. do to make you less anxious. But also if you are anxious, then you're going to figure out how to handle that. There you right? go. I love that. <laughs> they are responsible for their own feelings. I am responsible for my feelings when Jeff needs to do something for him to better his own. I got to deal with mine. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the, the hardest like realities to understand was nobody can make you feel any way. We all, and like people want to say like, no, but this person did this. Well, I mean, it's your interpretation of their actions, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes down to it, that's what's right. going on that's is that you're is. giving somebody power to have influence over you. That doesn't Ooh, mean, that sounds better. yeah, let's go with that one. It, it, that doesn't mean that you can be mean to your girlfriend and be like, well, you shouldn't give me power to have influence over you. Like, no, you should still be a good person. Right. But when it comes down to it, there is some, you do have some control over it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Check. Answered. Check. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's... This one's interesting. Uh-huh. How do you navigate dating when you have different levels of education? Hmm. When you're, when you're like, when you were on the apps, were you filtering for people that had the same or similar education level as you? Yes. And here's why I felt Mm -hmm. that I had no problem 
with what their education level was. But a lot of guys mm. felt, I felt were intimidated by me having a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And that make, made a, a thing out of it. Like, I, I, I found it odd that a lot of the guys that I dated who didn't have a master's degree would date me and they would, they would say like, well, maybe I should get a master's degree. And I was like, why are you hmm. saying that? Like where it felt like, mm -hmm. it was, I, I heard that like three times and I was like, mm, from the same kind of narcissistic guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So guys, you know. Yeah. I've never felt, felt like filtered. one upper thing. Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. Yeah, it's a and it's it's. Just, I've never thought about it, which maybe reinforces that it's a gendered thing. Possibly, I think, it is. I think so. Like, I don't care, but like, but maybe, maybe I would care if I was dating some sort of PhD. Or I don't know, care, but maybe I'd respond to it in some sort of way. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's. I I think it's not fair to equate. Uh, level of of like formal education with actual yeah. knowledge and smarts and abilities and everything like that mm -hmm. i know people who are very bright who did not pursue like an academic track and yeah. um, just fine and mm -hmm. so i think it maybe is I would want to ask the person asking the question, what is your belief around people who have a different education level than you? Mm -hmm. Is it that you have a higher one and you look down on people who don't, or is it that you don't and you feel like other people are judging you or. Yeah. You're projecting a lot of stuff yeah. onto education levels and trying to figure out where that is coming from could be illuminating but if you if it's really important for you to date a certain education level then i guess go ahead and try to find that but the, you know you're also talking about power differential and that could come through with uh -huh. like education level it could come through with someone who's making more money it could come through with somebody who has um more time and the other person doesn't there's so so there's always like a weird power dynamic or conflict yeah. that comes up in relationship yeah i'm and, annoyed yeah. that eli and i get the same hourly rate uh, and he doesn't have any of those student loans <laughs> like, what the hell yeah way more off bullshit. time yeah. yeah no that's no i good. heard that wasn't always the case so he worked hard to get there but still <laughs> anyways yeah so there's always like things are going to be unequal in some ways and mm -hmm. but not always not not for always i should say like yeah not for yeah. always and so and you, how you're measuring things yeah like what the rubric there's sort of, is there's sort of an acceptance of just like there's going to be a difference in like power dynamic it reminds me of I keep on seeing this one clip for some reason about from Brene Brown, who mm -hmm. somebody asks her on a podcast, like, um, is it important for things to be 50, 50 in relationship? And her response is like, there's absolutely no way it could ever be 50, 50. That's ever. not a thing. It right. doesn't exist. It goes up and down or sometimes it's always lopsided and we just have to expect, like, accept that. But there's something inside of us that maybe has to do with, like, the sibling stuff that we talked about the last couple episodes where, like, we feel like we need things to be fair and 50-50 in all the ways. And, like, making sure that everything is fair actually can get in the way of having a healthy, streamlined relationship. Ooh, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Allow things to be uneven sometimes. Over time, maybe yes. on average, it'll right. even out-ish. But throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, sometimes things are yeah. going to be lopsided. Yeah. And you also have different skills. Like somebody might be better at cleaning and some might be better at cooking. And so they never yes. clean, but I always cook. So, you know, it's, it evens out maybe in the end, but it's never 50-50. Let go of that. Yeah. And if you, yeah, yeah you can always, like, I, I, it was, it's hard to do this, but I really try to recognize the ways Eli puts in more effort than I do. And I try to put an effort into other areas rather than mm-hmm. going like, Oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. little things. Just bring in the trash can every now and then, you know, <laughs> change the world. <laughs> exactly. Okay. One um, more. Do we have time? We have time. For let's one do more. how to handle the challenges of dating someone with a strong attachment to their oh, ex. This has been one, like, I don't know if strong attachment is like the right word, but like Eli and his ex exchange memes. They're like, Mm. they text, they, she's like married with a kid Mm -hmm. and it's like not a thing. And I, but I mean, I've never met her, but she seems cool. Mm -hmm. And, but that one was a hard one. Like I have to do a lot of talking to myself of what are my partner's actions on the daily showing me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like his actions are showing me I'm the girlfriend. Like I'm the one, you know, he's mm-hmm. with, it's just mm-hmm. somebody who has a shared history and shared sense of humor. Sure. Yeah. There's I'm there. So I've dated somebody before where uh, I like to be, friendly or in contact or good friends sometimes with exes because they are important people that I've like spent a lot of time with, but I've dated people where they're just like, this is just not okay. Like I, where they, it's almost like this cultural belief or something like a, a very core belief that you should not be friends with an ex anymore. And that like, it's, and, and it's hard to sometimes explore like, okay, is it, because you're feeling threatened is it because there's a special relationship is it because you're comparing yourself what's going on here and then just all like, the above yeah and then it's like i don't even want to talk about that it's just not okay and so that can be really tricky for me and it's usually a deal breaker i don't want it to be a deal breaker but it's something that breaks up the relationship because i'm not willing to budge because then i feel like i'm abandoning myself and i'm also losing a good friend or two because some of these exes that i'm friendly with i'm like really close with um but i'm also in love with my girlfriend or something so it's this really difficult sophie's choice you know what do i mean it has ended relationships for you where you've like been it's okay, been a part, fine. it's been a big part okay. of ending a relationship. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it's also, so it's, it played a part in ending a relationship and it also sort of displays the different sort of lifestyle choices that we have or the different ways that we like value old relationships or something, um, where there's, there's kind of like these set rules of this is what you, this, these are people you should be friends with. And these are people you should not be friends yeah. with where I'm just like, well, let's just sort of like see and try to manage what might be coming up so that we can all feel good yeah. here. Like yeah. I can see maybe her thinking like, if you were with this person before, why wouldn't you go back and be with this person again? Sure. And then there's also the, the counterpoint of 
you were with this person and called it quits and decided mm -hmm. you didn't want to be with this person and you had opportunity to be with them mm -hmm. and still didn't, what, why would you want to go back and do that yeah. now? Exactly. So yeah. I try to go with the latter that, you know. I think it's also that like some people that are really threatened by exes, sometimes they just want to be the one special person in their life and they don't want to imagine that there was anyone ever special. It's, it's sort of the thing where people get a little queasy thinking about just that you've like had sex with other people or that you've had special relationships with other people. They just want to feel like they're the only one, the only thing that's ever been the most special thing in your life. And so they sort of naturally compare themselves to other people and they can really get in their head about it. Yeah. I mean, I think of it as like, you know, I look, I look back on, this is going to sound silly, but I look back on all the cars that I used to have. When <laughs> mm -hmm. I owned those cars, I loved those cars. I had a BW Beetle. I had like a Jeep Grand Wagoneer with like the wood paneling, that one that's in every single movie mm. ever. But they were so fun for the time. I w they would be so inappropriate for my life now and I would not want any of them now. Mm -hmm. And I still think of them fondly, but they're <laughs> almost like they got me from point A to point B. Right. You wouldn't be the person you are today, uh, but wasn't yeah, for that. And yeah. like, you know, you, you, you ride around in that car for a while and then they mm -hmm. take you to maybe a new location and then new scenery and, and right. then it's okay to have like another vehicle. Yeah. People That's are going to come with a past. They're going to yeah. come with old special relationships. People are That's probably okay. like, my relationships are not vehicles, Sarah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's okay if they've had a past. And it kind of like, I heard a comedian recently who said like, you know, all the best DJs are men, but they really should be women because women are straight. Women are constantly remixing the men that they're with. <laughs> And putting out a better version for the next one. It's <laughs> like constantly like, there you uh -huh. go, remixed him. Now he uh -huh. comes with like better communication skills. Exactly. I was like, that is so accurate. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so just think, be grateful. I am very grateful to Eli's exes that taught him how to validate and reflect in the way that mm -hmm. he does. Because mm -hmm. he did that. They don't come like that. Somebody right. did that. And so... Be grateful maybe sometimes yeah. for those exes. There's also – you got to try to figure out – so, you know, if I'm really good friends with an ex and they're a very important person in my life and I hang out with them a lot, then I want my, like, current girlfriend to be able to embrace that and be okay. Yeah. But if I have an ex where we're just – Instagram friends and I, and I like some of her po her posts and my girlfriend's just like, I don't like that you like her posts. And I might be like, well, okay, fine. I'm just not gonna like her posts. Like yeah. easy. I don't fucking right. care. I don't value right. this relationship that much anymore. I don't have to like something if it makes my girlfriend feel really uncomfortable. Right. So you have to balance out yeah. like what's important to you here, yeah. you know? And I would imagine that relationship, close relationship that you had with your ex is something that would be discussed or would be kind of talked about exactly. in the beginning. Like I, I was not, I was no, uh, you know, it was not like sprung on me that Eli mm -hmm. and his ex have a relationship. It was like, Oh, that was just part of. Yeah. So did Eli, so what did Eli else? do to make you feel more comfortable? Anything? Or was it just your own personal journey? You know, kind of, he was very open about it in the beginning and mm -hmm. you know we talked a lot about exes and our relationships with them 
And so I knew, and I think a lot of it was just what I, the story I tell myself. A lot of it, I, I, the majority of it was like my own journey. But I also know that he's the kind of person where if I asked, like, I've never seen any behaviors that make me think he's hiding anything, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I have full access to all right. of, like, you know, and yeah. not because I was like, give me your passwords to this. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, here, mm-hmm. go look yeah. at that on my phone. And, like, that has not been like that with people who were... Yeah. Trying to hide things, or exactly. If you have a trusting relationship right. and it doesn't feel shady, then you right. can feel a lot more relaxed about things. Yeah, yeah. Man, is it hard though. All right. Well, uh, where do we save our all of our uh, uh, other questions? And we have so many from you guys. Thank you so much for the next episode. Uh, and we'll continue talking about relationship compatibility. And, you know, maybe some emotional and personal growth stuff in the next episode of This Change Everything. Bye, friends. Bye.